Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Niall is like having a one-person army and a perfect colleague. His broad knowledge makes him irreplaceable and a go-to person when you need guidance or brainstorm ideas on anything. And as a leader, he is a whole different level, always approachable, positive, and ready to give and give good advice. He is a person that makes everyone around him better. And with him, both delivery and quality are guaranteed. Niall Maher, you're very welcome to the Scaling Your Business podcast. Thanks for having me, Reen. It's great to be on and I'm excited to talk with you and have some fun, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, look, uh, first thing I wanted to point out was you're a mead man as well. That's our second mead man who's who's emigrated mead and went to Dublin. Um, Devin Hughes from By Me is originally from Little Chocolate and you're from Longwood, you said? Yes. Nice. I awesome. am from Longwood, yeah. Well, that aside, work-wise, you are the founder of, and I hope I pronounced this right, Kodu. Yes, Kodu is Irish for coding. So oh. I actually knocked off a middle accent. It's, it's meant to be C-O-Fada, D-U-Fada. Um, so I, uh, yeah, that's where that name came from. Amazing. I, I, uh, I, I love Irish words. My name, if anyone isn't familiar, is an Irish name, and I always get mistaken for Ryan, and it does my head, and even though there's a little father above the eye. And you're also the uh, CTO at Spark as well. Uh, yes, I am. That's uh, new enough. So I've just... Uh, moved over there in January officially. So it's a, an exciting time for me. So something new for sure than running my own operation. Awesome. Well, look, oh, I do want to talk a little bit about Kodu, but before we do that, let's, let's kind of go back a couple of chapters. Prior to Kodu, I can see from your LinkedIn that you had tech roles at Packet, Single Point, which I now think is a Verizon one and a couple of others. What did working with others teach you? Um, to be versatile, you have to learn to work with personalities. Um, I have worked in many businesses, which from the outside look similar, but there is no way you get the same day, the same job, no matter where you go. So although I've been in a lot of software delivery roles where we're delivering lots of applications on very tight timelines, it is not a case where the leadership is always the same. They have completely different ideas on how you run businesses. And therefore, the amount of pressure you're under on day-to-day and the responsibility you have to take on. So, yeah, being versatile is what I've learned from working with people. Interesting. And having worked by yourself a couple of times, what do you most enjoy about working for yourself? I get to answer to me. And that is uh, definitely something I've had since school. I'm not very good with uh, being told of what to do. And as a result, I tend to go off and do my own thing a lot of time anyway. Um, and people I work closely with know that. Um, they know when what kind of trouble they'll get in with, with, with working with me. Um, usually it's with uh, the business interests in mind. So um, hopefully it's not too renegade that it, it pushes things off on a tangent. Um, but yeah, I, I do like the, having the freedom to kind of uh, mess up by myself and not have other people responsible for it. Well, you mentioned school. Uh, I can see you graduated from DIT. What did you like most about your time at DIT? And it's okay to say the pub because I went to DIT and I certainly liked the pub the most. In, that's uh, interesting. So DIT, I never actually went to the, the college itself. I did that okay. online. I got a, cool. I got a qualification 
uh, from DIT. Um, I'm willing to say I lied to get into that course and uh, because I had no degree and I was afraid it would uh, stop me from getting on in my career. So I taught myself web development um, during my last job, and I'll get into that in a minute, but I taught myself web development and I started applying for jobs and a lot of HR uh, people were saying I couldn't get it in through the door for an interview without a degree. So I applied for uh, a postgraduate um, and got in, but I then got a job before I even started. So um, I just did that online. Um, and it was, I suppose, a little bit past where I was already. So it wasn't a, a great experience, I would say, overall, because mm. I didn't need it where I was. Um, but it was why I joined DIT and worked, uh, went there to get the degree in case it held me back in the future. Well, well, touching on on colleges degrees, I love I love that you had it there just in case you, you you'd you'd be hiding under a rock if you hadn't heard in the past week the brothers behind Stripe they collaborated with UL and they've trying to encourage more Irish young people to get into coding. Um, did 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 you hear this news? Yes. Yes. I've been, I, I, if you see me online, you'll notice that I like to teach. Um, I love teaching. I've been running a community called Kodu community locally for the last couple of years. Um, obviously as a guy for marketing my business, but, mm -hmm. um, it's, it, I don't sell to developers. So it was a terrible market. Uh, so what I was doing was running long form free workshops to teach software developers how to be better software developers. I also do a lot of mentoring for new people trying to get into the industry because I know myself when I was starting to learn, I had nobody around and it is great to have somebody who's walked a path in front of you to kind of reveal the doors uh, that you can't see when you're just starting. So yeah, I'm a big advocate for people getting into tech at any point in their life. And I'm happy, always happy to help people as well. And I love that Stripe are putting some funding towards that now as well, because it's a, it's a really powerful industry. It's it's shaping the world around us. So I think it's yeah. silly if we don't if we don't at least learn something about it. I've I've got some personal questions here as well. But before I get into that, I had a question that popped up in my mind, and it was you referenced that you felt that you were slightly ahead of what was being taught to you at DIT. What do you think colleges, universally or in Ireland, could do for? those who have a love for coding that are going to college to do coding because there's a lot of people that are self-learning and when they get to college i imagine you weren't the only one that they're already ahead of the college i know the stripe brothers are offering uh, apprentices or internships i can't think of another word at a lot of the big companies like linkedin and stripe so you get both working experience and in workshop experience yeah, I would say just on a general syllabus kind of thing, they need to shorten the lengths of times to like create a syllabus because mm -hmm. it's usually out of date with how fast tech runs. You know, like a, if you're programming something like a trend might last a few years and they don't change a syllabus uh, any more than every five years. So as you can imagine, depending on what side you start at that, you might be in a drastically out of date course and it doesn't exactly create confidence when you're starting something. But that practical experience, that's invaluable. Because no matter what, the only way to get good at this job is practicing. Um, and a lot of people avoid that under the, yeah. guy, uh, under the, the guise of following along lessons and, say, and trying to just put things in memory where problem solving can only get, you can only get better at it by practicing problem solving. 
Um, yeah. It's the same as most uh, careers, I think. You don't, you, you learn something from a textbook, but it's not until you're in the field that you realize how things become a- applicable, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, put it this way, I, I struggled with this for a number of years because I could listen to a lecture or listen to a, a mentor tell me how difficult making cold calls is and the struggle. And I could myself regurgitate what I believed that struggle and how difficult it was to others. But it's not until I began making cold calls myself that I understand that kind of like butterfly fear feeling in your stomach of please don't pick up, please don't pick up. And going through 700 of them, you then become equipped going, I've got my hands dirty here. Now I can actually speak from a place of truth of what this is like. And here's the things, the mistakes that I've made and how I've tweaked and how I've become better. So you're right. It's, it's kind of universal. I want to take a sharp left here. If anyone follows you on any of your social platforms, a couple of things will pop up. One of them is you're a Star Wars fan. So I'm curious to know what's one thing that you're into that not a lot of people know. Um, a lot of people are surprised when they find out I play guitar. I think that's a, Something that just because I uh, I never really talked about it that much. It's something I uh, learned when I was younger. And when I was in uh, secondary school, I taught guitar to make some money. Um, and it's something I, I don't do as much anymore. But uh, yeah, it's something that I, I've realized recently. A lot of people are surprised about when uh, when they see me crack out a guitar after like knowing me for a couple of years. If we could have one night and one night only of the ideal gig in the three arena right now to go tonight to, what band would you want on stage? Oh, do you know what? I would probably pick Tenacious D um, okay. because I love uh, I love any band that doesn't take themselves too seriously. I, I find uh, a lot of rock and roll now, uh, maybe it's just me getting older, but I find people take themselves way too seriously. So I, I like mm-hmm. a bit of fun. Um, like, you know, I'll, I'll rock out even somebody like Scissor Sisters, which might be uh, no, <laughs> a total it. tangent for most it. people. Embrace it. I had a, a friend of mine who uh, didn't care what people thought, and that's what I loved about him most. He put on a pair of pink uh, Speedos and played ABBA walking down the street just to show I really don't care what you think uh, or what my tastes are in music. Um you referenced you thought guitar to make a couple of bob growing up. You'll also know that from looking at your socials that you do Kodu and you've been an entrepreneur. Does that run in the family? Uh, no, it doesn't. Um, I would say everyone I know in my family is very traditional. Um, my, my dad was a guard and um, my mom was a, a, a stay-at-home mom, really. So it was a very uh, secure, nice, comfortable upbringing I was we were looked after there was no uh, there's no sop story or sad story to say like oh I really struggled and I had to you know make something happen um no we were comfortable and I took risks because I knew I always had my parents to fall back on if something really failed um and they they kind of reassured me when I was growing up saying take a risk because you'll always have somewhere to stay if it goes terrible Nice. Very supportive. Very supportive. Kodu community on YouTube. You've got over 7,000 subscribers. What was the aim of that channel when you first started? I was not aiming for subscribers at all. I was just, I only started that YouTube channel at the start of COVID, literally as COVID started because my meetup, yeah, my meetup was um, an in-person event. 
and I really like teaching and helping people. Um, so I wanted to see how I could keep that going and keep teaching and scale the teaching really. Um, especially when my time is getting tighter and tighter as the weeks go on, I want to be able to make sure I can touch more people and help more people easier. And so that's just become a vessel for that. There was no, and there still is no great goal with it. I just want to make sure that I can help people if they need help. So the goal going forward is just to be a platform where you can help those who have questions. Yeah. And long-term it'll hopefully merge into some like a community platform where I'll have more developers and more than just myself. Like even later today, I'll be uh, talking with a few developers on their past experiences and nice. tips for new developers and things. And we do a lot of workshops with people from abroad now that I couldn't have done because it was run locally. So I'm leveraging the fact now that we're online and I can now get and ask for guests globally. Mm. Um, so it, it's very helpful. So it's, it's a, it was a curveball, but I am really happy it's worked because I've met so many interesting people through it now that I just wouldn't have before. Positivity is great. And certainly now your audience is global. You could reach a larger audience from, uh, from Dolan itself. On the channel, I clicked on a couple of videos and you've got high engagement. Like um, you've, you've done some live streams and a number of the live streams, there were several comments. So to me, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a number of people out there across the world who consider you a somewhat of a mentor or a guide. I'm wondering, do you have any mentors yourself? Um, at the moment, I am learning. And the reason I've gotten into where I am and why I even joined Spark is because there's a, a few people I really respect who are running that business and I really want to learn from them. So that's why I've aligned myself with them. So I, I definitely think one of my mentors at the moment is a man called Brendan Hennessy, who is one of the founders in Spark. Um, uh, he, in fact, was a recruiter when I first met him and got me my first senior developer job. So we've had a, a, a relationship a long time, but he's always kind of uh, help me kind of see the light when I, I've had my own blinders on. So I definitely trust him on things. On the on the development side of things, I have no one at the moment. I'm always looking for new people. I kind of like have mentors for a while and I um, probably burned them out from annoying them too much. <laughs> so um, like we, I have a lot of really good friends in the area. I don't like, I guess I find it hard to even say who's a friend and who's a mentor anymore. And I'm not sure yeah. if, I'm sure a lot of people are in a similar thing. You end up talking to somebody about something so much that is this person my mentor or are they a friend as well? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could feel you on that. Well, look, you're obviously good at what you do because you've been flown across the world. I'm referencing Australia here. I don't know how long you were there for. I just saw a post you, you, you paid respect to it. Uh, so I'm sure that you've traveled other than just Australia. What's your favorite city in the world to visit? I am a terrible traveler which is uh, I have only left Ireland a handful of times through my own choice. Um, I have only really been... Yeah, I went to Sydney for work. Uh, really nice. But there's nowhere I like more than Ireland that I've been. Uh, I am a little bit of a home bird, I would say. Um, so, Favourite city yeah, in I, Ireland? Um, at, at the moment it's Dublin I love Dublin I think I it's great it. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, there's awesome people and people are usually very friendly look I, there's a there's a rough sides or downsides to any big city yeah. um, but the general the people around you meet the normal 
sane people you meet are awesome people. You just yeah, can't yeah. beat it. No, I agree. I'm moving to Dublin myself in 350 something days. We have to give a year notice to the current household things and we're getting documents signed. So um, uh, I, I'm a big fan of Dublin. On your Instagram, you like to occasionally drink Irish beer. What's your favorite Irish beer that you've drank in the last, let's say, 12 months throughout, throughout lockdown? So just uh, to, because I, I, I'm first going to give you like a, a generic answer. I don't have a favorite sure. and there's a reason. Okay. Um, be- before I was in software, I was my, my expertise was beer and whiskey tastings. So I used to teach about beer and whiskey. Um, I was the uh, in-house expert for the Corkscrew, who are the biggest wine providers in Ireland. So we, they had like over 2000 wines. Mm-hmm. So my special specialty before software and where I learned software was between customers while selling fine wines and craft beers and uh, top end whiskeys. So it's, it's, uh, it's something that I enjoy talking about still and hence why I like to push local beer as well, because there's so much good uh, Irish beer at the moment and it seems to be just growing. And I know a lot of those brewers from working in the industry early on and running one of the first beer clubs in Dublin. Um, So, yeah, I I have a a, a big passion for beer and it's nearly like a bad stereotype at this stage when I'm on the the global stage now. (laughs) And people are like, well, you know a lot about beer for an Irish person. (laughs) So I I do find it's a a bad stereotype, but I really do enjoy it. And I think there's some phenomenal uh, craft beers coming out of Ireland. um, And I just really like to support them. Agreed. One of our mutual connections is a guy called James Brown, who I believe had his own beer for a while. Some chocolate orange beer or rhubarb, maybe even both. I can't remember, but I do know. I know I know his younger brother. That's why I reference his name. I was one of his first customers. Wow, that's pretty cool, that is. I know you had them in uh, the Spar in Retoast, which is the only reason why I knew they existed. Um, okay, okay. Curious to know, how do you continue to learn you could replace the word with invest. How do you continue to learn slash invest in yourself? Um, great question. I get up every single day at six o'clock and between six and nine is my time to learn. So I always have something to learn before I start working. So my attitude and it's something I kind of I'm re- feel really strongly about is for people to do is to do their own thing before work because that yeah. way a bad day can't stop you. Um, nice. So like I, I'm a huge advocate for like doing, working on something for yourself. So if you're trying to do start a side hustle or you're trying to develop new skills, the only way to do that effectively is to do it before the chaos of a day has gotten in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, that's my schedule. I always just have a couple hours at least every day where I'm learning something new. Okay. Uh, one thing that I had a giggle at, uh, I felt the two of us were kind of aligned with this, was our money management skills. I know in my early days, I was horrendous. I've gotten better at it, mainly because of my girlfriend consistently hounding me to become better at it and some financial help as well. Um, but in one of your videos, I think it was called, I'm reading the title that I wrote down was The Biggest Mistake When I Started Earning Six Figures. You purchase i'm not going to say the name of the car you can say it if you want to you purchase a car when you were on a really good wage for your age and then you got given notice a couple of hours or days after purchasing this car that the job was no longer there you want to share the story 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, funny enough, I actually just sold that car uh, huh. last weekend. Amazing. So I, I, so for the first time ever, I don't have a car. Um, so well, I, I kind of do one that I don't drive. I have a, a classic car that I've kept, but I don't drive it. Um, nice. But yeah, the the uh, the story behind that actually, funny enough, Brennan, who I mentioned earlier on, was the person who got me into this uh, business and was the one that had to give me the bad news about this. So if he's listening to this, he'll get a giggle out of this uh-huh. as and cringe as he always does, because he had to break me the bad news afterwards as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was working uh, in Bank of America at the time. It was my first senior developer job. And I, yeah, it was, I was earning more money than I should have been for my age, for sure. And I was excited. I had gone, like, to put it into context to people, I went from earning about a tenner an hour, which I was making, you know, while I was working with uh, alcohol to yeah. now suddenly over 100K a year uh, in less wow. than a year, in, in less than 12 months. So like I went from there, got a job and, and nine months in my first job, I actually ended up in a senior job. So it was a whirlwind that I was not ready for. And when you're not used to having money, you don't respect it. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's a, it was just a case of I have it now and this is great. So I wasn't saving or anything. I was spending it, enjoying it. Um, but then I got, after the first six month contract in there, I got a, a call to say, Hey, we really like you. We're going to extend your contract by 12 months. I was told that they never do this. I was a sign that they really liked me and it would never stop. And I was super excited. And as you uh, said earlier, it wasn't as it seemed. Uh, but before I even got the bad news, the weekend before I got the bad news, I went out and bought a, a brand new Mazda MX-5, which was like a dream car that I had in my own head. Uh, blew the money on it. Well, actually, I didn't even blow the money on it. I, I took financing on it because I was like, I have this money coming in. So yeah. I was spending money I didn't even have yet. And uh, yeah, it blew up my face within the week because um, I remember driving home in my car going, well, at least I'm sad in my nice car <laughs> for the moment. <laughs> so yeah, it was a, it was a shock to the system for sure. Uh, I went from like feeling invincible to uh, really, really vulnerable uh, in, yeah. um, in a, in the matter of like a phone call. I can imagine. Ouch. But um, as you mentioned, you've, you've successfully sold that car and uh, has your money management skills improved slightly as a result of that lesson? Slightly, I tend to not care as much. I look, I, I, I don't even collect as many Star Wars things anymore. Um, mm. I tend to just buy less. Um, I think early on in my career, I had something to prove and I wanted to yeah. show off a little. Um, and I think that's natural. I see it with a lot of people, especially in this industry, when they're not used to having money and they get the money, they buy a lot mm-hmm. of shiny things and show off. And it's kind of like a look at me, I'm successful. Um, like I used to wear shirts and suits and things to, fi- to feel fancy. Um, yeah. But that's not me. And I, I'm kind of, kind of going back maybe. I'm just thinking, I don't really need all these nice things anymore. I just like being comfortable. Comfortable with your authentic self. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I was the exact same as you. I was on jobs from 16 to 23, 9.50, 10 euro an hour, um, 
living mostly in my overdraft, which was about 200 euro because LB probably didn't trust me anymore. And then I landed it big and, and was earning six figures as well. And I was purchasing things to police people I didn't necessarily like. I bought a barrel of Dingle whiskey for 10 grand. Probably shouldn't have done that. A couple of other things as well. But now I've become way more comfortable with who I am and don't need to park in the Dublin airport premium parking for an extra 10 euro. For what reason? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you read books. I see a couple of, on your Instagram. What's your favorite read and current read? Uh, I am. Oh, what am I reading at the moment? I'm like, I'm reading a couple of technical books at the moment. So it's not that exciting. Like I'm reading, uh, Nader Dabbitt's, uh, full stack serverless book. Uh, Nader Dabbitt is a great dev relations guy from AWS. Um, then I am also going through the high growth handbook. Um, I, the, the author's name is escaping me, but basically it's a book on that. The author has interviewed loads of people that have gone through the scaling businesses rapidly and how they handled it um okay. but it's a it's phenomenal read uh for anyone that's interested in scaling businesses especially tech businesses that balloon very fast when they do become successful yeah so you call it it's something called high growth habits is what you said high growth handbook high growth handbook okay awesome um finishing up here what is something people seem to misunderstand about you misunderstand i i don't know uh, i think i think most of the time and i know even with my partner now she she um seen it when she first met me was that i might come across as a lunatic without a plan <laughs> so it's only when people know me a little bit better that they realize i am i'm planning i, I am planning things as even as outrageous as things do sound um i usually do have a plan it, it, it doesn't seem like that to the outside, I think, when people first meet me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, your, your, your setup is amazing. Um, what's the rest of 2021 look like for Niall, both personally and professionally? Uh, personally, hopefully, we'll get to work abroad somewhere if this COVID ever ends. Uh, that would be nice to get to, because we work. I'm working with a fully remote team now, and it's a remote-first company. One of the major perks will be working from wherever and i'm really excited to work from wherever or wherever whenever i can yeah uh, and then uh professionally i'm hoping to see some major growth with spark and uh with the kodu community and the the people there because there's some phenomenal people in that network and i'm hoping to see that at least double in size over next year so let's see what well, happens fingers crossed it do i wish you the best luck both personally and professionally and uh, thank you very much for your time today now Thanks, Reen, and I wish the best for you as well.